Hello, hello. Hey up, what's up, what's good? Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most artistic, athletic, tenacious, basically unique and interesting people in the world. Everyone has a story, each person a scholar. Welcome to season three. As we continue to seek out some of the most unforgettable humans, some of the most memorable stories, in the first two seasons, the show featured guests from over 60 different countries and will continue down that path because it is imperative that we cherish the differences. And we can only do that by getting out and journeying into unknown frontiers, whether it be physically or simply through conversation, sharing lovely experiences and saluting the tenacious and resilient guests. We have a, hmm, not sure how to describe it. I know normally this is where I say we have an outstanding or great guest or whatever accolade best fits. But it tastes different because it's me. I'm not even in the same stratosphere or galaxy of the guests on Evangelion Runway, but bear with me today. Recently, I was a guest on another show, Let's Go Kick Ass Today, which is hosted by my friend across the pond, Vicki Carter. Vicki is someone who adores travel. She was brought up in the Middle East and is open to new cultures and experiences, which is often highlighted throughout her work. Her background in creative arts has shaped her passion for communication and storytelling as a multi-platform presenter, journalist, producer for the BBC, and as a writer as well. She has broadcast for BBC Five Live, BBC Radio 4, BBC Channel Islands, and she has a regular podcast called Let's Go Kick-Ass Today. And I was overjoyed at the opportunity to be part of her amazing roster of interviews. She's had some incredible People on there, just super honored to be a part of it. We talk about travel, and we also talk about the recent trip to Poland. You can follow Vicky on Instagram at Vicky E. Carter. From there, you can actually listen. You can also follow the podcast on Let's Go Kick Ass Today, which is available in all the same places of any given runway. I hope that you enjoy a little something different as I'm answering the questions this time around instead of asking them. Welcome to another episode of Let's Go Kick-Ass Today Live. I am in Manchester and I don't have any of my fancy lights, my stands, anything like that as I'm in between living places. So unfortunately, you've got me as a roving reporter <laughs> whilst I have a chat with Randall. I'm really excited because every single month on Instagram, I talk to someone incredibly inspirational from the fields of music, adventure and culture. And this month is no different. I'm that dedicated that even when uh, I'm living out of bags, that I'm still going to do it. Um, and I'm really excited to have a chat with Randall. I've gone from all over. Hello, there you are. You've got your fancy microphone. Hello, great to see you. Lovely to see you. It's been, last time we had a chat was for your podcast and I was once again living out of bags. So I feel like it's just a continuous thing with me. <laughs> and how was the channel island? It was gorgeous. It was beautiful. I'd highly recommend it. Um, great hiking, sea swimming. It's a really stunning area of the world. So yeah, if you're ever this way let me know because you're you're in america right now whereabouts phoenix arizona fabulous and how's how has the last i guess year and a half been for you since we last spoke wow i guess it has been that long but everything's been going wonderful and here in the states everything pretty much opened up probably in the fall and kind of getting back to the swing of things so it's it's been great 
Mm, fabulous. Well, you're a podcaster, author, traveller, and you have your own podcast, Any Given Runway, which, please do correct me if I'm wrong, is now more than 500 episodes. We just passed 500 episodes with a wonderful, wonderful, talented uh, explorer who's currently in the Himalayas right now. She's working on more than 10 8,000 meter peaks this year. So she was a great decision for episode 500. Amazing. So what inspired you to put the podcast together? After I wrote the first book, I realized that uh, I needed something else to supplement it. And it's great because not everybody reads. So I needed something way to, to get to more people. And also when I wasn't traveling, I wanted to find a way to meet more people. The start of the show was initially to supplement the writing as I was working on the second book, but also just to continue meeting interesting people and to learn, basically, to learn from all of them. Because I feel that everybody on the planet is an expert at something. So the goal was just to learn from as many different people as I can. And the show's guests, there's, there's no rhyme or reason to the guests we've had. We've had owners of Cat Sanctuary. We've had musicians, ballerina, DJs, singers, Olympians, a little bit of everything. So it's just my relentless and perpetual desire just to learn from others. Mm. And what would you say is the biggest thing you've learned from someone? Well, I think it coincided with the pandemic energy and not wasting time on negative energy because I feel that during that time, it, it was it was very difficult for, for everyone, very difficult for everyone. But a lot of people that I've chatted with made a decision that they were going to maybe improve upon something or they were just going to eliminate negative energy from their lives. And I think that's the best thing I picked up is just that something's not uh, giving me good positive vibes. I don't have time for it anymore. That's so valid and so true. That's something which, you know, I've learned. And it's, it's different for when you, you say you're going to do it, when you actually take that into action, start cutting out negative energy. You physically feel lighter. You feel like a, a better person for doing so. So that, that's a great takeaway. Who would you say has been your, I guess, most interesting and inspirational guest? Lisanne Richard comes to mind. Lisanne Richard is one of the most incredible women I've ever met. She lives in Montreal. For years, she was with Cirque du Soleil, already an incredible person. But now, she's a professional high diver with the Red Bull Cliff Diving Series. So she is a cliff diver who owned her skills in Cirque du Soleil. And either one of those on their own is amazing. And the fact that she's done both in her life, it just blows my mind. And then Timothy Murphy, actor who I had on earlier this year. When I chatted with him, I felt like I had known him for years. I received the most positive feedback with his episode. Mm. Oh, great. And um, what do you make of the podcast medium? Because obviously it is something that so many people have got on board the last couple of years and it's expanding all over the world. But when it comes to that compared to, to live radio or like your books, how does it differ for you? Always accessible. You can listen to it at the grocery store, wherever you want, whenever you want. You can skip as much as it is. You don't have to do as many advertisements and everything. And it's just also more specified to what you want. I mean, how many times growing up when we listened to the radio, did we sit through maybe periods that we didn't want to necessarily listen to because it was our only option? Now we don't have to do that. Even on shows that I listen to, if it's not a particular guest or a particular thing I want to listen to, I can skip and I've got plenty other in the queue ready to listen to. So I think that's most advantageous. And then also just the accessibility for, for guests and the fact that we can do things like this here and I can interview people that I don't have to see in person. We can do it over Zoom or whatever form of, of communication as well. I mean, I've been able to talk to people from over 60 different countries, and I think that is another amazing aspect of podcasting. I've even done some on the road through travel as well. So it's, I think that is probably the underlying thing that I appreciate the most. Mm. And travel inspired your first book. What trip was the one that really captivated your love for traveling? Probably one of the first international trips when I went to Spain. That was 
leading into it, there was a lot of hesitancy, like, is this worth it? And should I spend all this money? You know, you're clicking the button to, to purchase the ticket. There's that, there's that anxiety. You're like, should I do this? Should I do this? You know, am I going to have enough money? Why am I making this decision? Is it going to be worthwhile? And especially because I was doing it by myself, come back, the wheels touch down back in the States. And the first thing on my mind is, okay, where to next? So it was, it was a big transitional evolution for me was just knowing that it is worth the money. It is worth the time. And it's something that enriches your life in more ways than I imagined. Mm. Why do you think there are some people who are nervous about traveling solo? First of all, the stigma growing up, right? Don't even go to the movies by yourself because if you do, you're a loser or people make fun. And there's so many times we're just taught that you got to always have someone with you. And it's a negative thing. I think that's the number one thing is the stigma. I think there's also other apprehensions that people are worried about. Am I going to have fun by myself? What if I want to talk to someone? What if I get lonely? What if I get lost? But for me, all those possible negatives are actually the positives. I mean, in the times I have been lost, which basically is every trip I take, I get lost in some way or another. If you're by yourself, you might be nervous. But the same token, if you're by yourself, you're also more likely to figure it out. And I think it's, it's such an empowering moment. I was lost in the labyrinth, one of the hardest places to navigate, especially at night, Venice, Italy. And wow. every, every turn I took, there's no signs, there's no it's minimal light. And I, at one point, I actually screamed. I said, I need help. But then I figured it out. I wandered into a restaurant. Looked on a map, I realized I was in the complete opposite. But then I felt empowered. I'm like, if I can figure this out, there's nothing I can't do. So all those potential negatives that do exist, those are actually probably the most beneficial aspects of traveling by yourself. Hmm. I love getting lost in cities. That um, it's just it's so beautiful because then you can find a cafe or a restaurant or down a hidden street or some street art that you you might not recognise if you do a specific tour or or anything like that. And you're right. There's so many instances where I've travelled alone and I've done something and it's courageous. And then there's moments when I'm questioning, oh, can I do this? And it's like, no. If I'm able to do that and there, then I'm able to do anything. So you definitely nailed it there. Um, and so tell us about your book. What was the process like? Because so many people aspire to write a book, but don't actually do it. So what was the journey like? I think it's one of those things where I always wanted to. I think like you mentioned, everybody has got a book in mind. Meeting people, especially on the show, everybody's got a great idea, but very few people actually do the follow-up. And I think that was the number one driving point. And it was just all about developing a consistent habit. Much like going to the gym, it's the days you don't want to go that are most beneficial. So the days I maybe wasn't inspired, it's like, yeah, at least write something. Even if it's just nonsense, it's just developing the habit. <laughs> I mean, it was quite an adventure finishing it. But again, once I finished first, it was, okay, what's the next? What's next? So you, it does become something that you love and it's become that. And the first one was on solo travel and the second one was on the importance of being curious and almost completed with the next one, which is about uncertainty and how uncertainty drives innovation. That's so exciting. I'm, I'm so happy for you already. You know, three books. That's incredible. That's, uh, yeah. I, I, tell me your secrets. So did you, um, because some people swear by putting 20 minutes aside every day to write uh, on those days that you forced yourself, did you find in the end that actually flowed out more? Or did you just put some time aside and said, okay, you know, I've done enough for the day? Oh, both. I mean, yeah. and there were times where I probably even cheated. And, and opened up the document and said, I'm going to write. And then maybe nothing came out. Maybe I wrote one sentence. I, I, there's even times where I wrote a sentence and just said, I'm writing a sentence because I have to write a sentence. And then I closed it. And then I went <laughs> to whatever else. And, and that happens. But it, it, it just all, I think for me, it was just sometimes you, I wait to the end of the day. But I found that if I put it at the beginning of the day, I was more likely to get quality work done. Because we always think, well, I'll, I'll get to it after I get all the other list of things to do. 
But oftentimes, how many times does that happen where you don't ever get to that time? Or by that time, it's nine o'clock at night and you're tired. So I found that doing it early and, and, and also just learning about higher self, about when you function best, where you function best. There are certain places where I can't write and there's other places that I, I'm, I'm better so what kind of places? What's your ritual, would you say? Where do you normally write? I want to know. I want to get your inspiration. Because uh, I'm one uh, of those people who's like, I've got a book in my head, but I don't actually do it. <laughs> oh, I mean, for me, you know, it's in the room by myself. Rarely any music or anything, just going. I feel like I, I just focus on it. But uh, I do the coffee shop every once in a while just to change it up. But uh, I, I, I like being solo by myself. And, you know, in airports too, because I think when you're traveling, there's, there's also, there's, there's a little bit of added confidence when you know you're in the middle of an airport or wherever you may be and you're writing. You're like, I'm the coolest guy on the planet. I'm writing in an airport. This is brilliant. <laughs> it also is a hive of activity around you that you can be inspired by, I guess, with characters or can bring back memories. But coffee shop, I'd be distracted by, I guess, people's orders or potential dogs. So, um, yeah, that would definitely distract. So um, last time we caught up, you were saying, oh, I want to do this trip. I want to do some hiking. What have you been up to? What trips have you been on? Last month, I took a trip to East Poland and to under the Poland-Ukraine border with uh, World Central Kitchen. Uh, so it was a, a unique trip in the sense that this was the first time I had nothing planned. And it was purely something from just a volunteer. And I didn't have anything else on the list other than that. So I was in Chemischil, Poland, in East Poland, which is a stone's throw from the Ukraine border. And that's where I was with World Central Kitchen. So spent the time there, rented a car east, and it, it was very it was a very surreal experience. But it was also hard to describe. People like, well, how was it? It's it's kind of like when you describe how how it is going to something like Auschwitz. When you say, I went to Auschwitz, you don't ever say, oh, it was great. I had an awesome time. It was a blast. No. For me, it was one of those things that the best way to describe how the experience in Chemischel, Poland was is that I'm going back next month. Or I'm actually two weeks. I'm going back to that region. Uh, it was just compelled felt that i had to be there felt and when you're there there are a lot of other volunteers are doing the same and then you're inspired by that you're like wow i'm not the only person with this there's like-minded people who do want to help and uh, very very unforgettable unforgettable week and one that i would happily do as many times as i can and so what did you do day to day what was your your role i have the least amount of culinary skills of anyone you'll ever meet they took me anyway and i was peeling carrots peeling potatoes peeling onions it was the first carrot I've ever peeled and by the end of the you know time I had hundreds of carrots peeled and potatoes and whatnot that's basically it we were just prepping that for some of the paella they take some of the vegetables and they make baby food with it we had banana bread and just kind of Johnny on the spot stuff it wasn't all chefs there were some chefs there doing more of the, the difficult things the rest of us were just chopping whatever it is and helping out in any way we could they make thousands and thousands of meals per day some of them go to people in Shemeshil because Shemeshil is the first spot as people are leaving Western Ukraine, it's the very first train station they, they come to. So you have a high percentage of people there that need food, but it's also some of that food is shipped to different regions in, in Ukraine, but also in, in places in Poland and some of the shelters there where people are. So World Center Kitchen makes thousands of meals, not only there, but also in other locations. Someone told me that, uh, you know, in a time of a war, even if you feel like you're not doing something, even peeling a carrot, even peeling a potato is very important and very substantial. How did you hear about their work? I have long been a long fan of, of Tony Bourdain, Anthony Bourdain, and Jose Andres was on one of his episodes. And I remember him being this just really affable guy, just laughing all the time. And they stuck on my radar. I'm like, okay, I like this guy. Well, then I started seeing him. He showed up. He basically, with World Central Kitchen, his organization, they show up after every disaster. So they were there in Puerto Rico 
And in fact, I have his book here, which talks about his time in Puerto Rico. They also were there after a hurricane in Texas, and I believe they were also in Haiti. So basically, they show up whenever, wherever they're in need. And I made it a point to follow them as much as I could and, and see whenever there's an opportunity. And I could refresh every day, finding out when there was a potential volunteer spot. And then I was able to jump in. You can also volunteer in Puerto Rico. You can volunteer in Spain. To me, I think he's a saint of a human, one of the greatest people we have. Probably should win the Nobel Peace Prize and someone who I want to do as much as I can to be like him. Oh, that's so wonderful. Uh, Ranks and Big Fans just got in touch saying, please may I ask the topic of conversation. Um, so I just want to let anyone know who's joined us that here's Randall, Randall Green, a podcaster from Any Given Runway. He's also an author, traveller, and he's telling me about his recent trip to Poland, a volunteering for those in the conflict in Ukraine, um, about the wonderful organisation. And so America to Poland, you know, isn't just a just jolly down the road. It's quite a significant trip. Was there people from America and all over the world volunteering with you as well? That was really surprising, was that landing in Poland, I was surrounded by Americans. It was really, really mm-hmm. neat to see other people. Some were going to set up places, like some were going to World Tucker Kitchen. Others just were going in to help. They didn't know exactly how or what they were going to do, but there was a lot of people there to help. In Chemischel, Poland, it was mostly American, but also I met people from Italy. I met people from Spain. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people just flocked to the area to help. And even around the train station in Chemischel, that's where the highest activity is. And there were groups from all, from all over, charity groups from all over. Really, really incredible when you see that, when you know everybody's just there. And the people from Poland were very helpful, drew me a map to help me get there. And, and because, especially because Polish is not the easiest language to decipher, to read, to understand, and especially because Chemischel not spelled any way you would imagine. So. <laughs> I guess like Welsh, for me, it sounds completely oh. different than the signs. <laughs> yeah. So how did the, well, seeing everything and being there make you feel? You know, it's very surreal because there was a tension in the air. You knew it was serious and military trucks would drive by. However, if you drove maybe five minutes more, you'd see, I saw a, a young girl walking her dog. I saw people working on their garden. So you realize life does go on at the same token. Mm-hmm. Like, this is serious. We need to be paying attention to it. We need to do what we can to help. But also life does go on. So in that way, it was inspiring to see that. But it, it, was, a, it was definitely, a, I mean, it was definitely a mix of emotions. Uh, but again, one that, one that I actually, that, that I really am glad that I had because it's kind of changed my outlook on, on trips as well as I'm looking for other opportunities to, to do that, to make almost volunteerism as a word, as finding other ways to, to travel, but also experience things. Because it's something different when you know that you, are even if it was peeling potatoes, peeling carrots, you know that that is going to someone who's escaping from a war, and it kind of makes you reevaluate all the other things that you're doing in life. Like, yeah, I've been wasting my time doing this, and I should try another another outlet. But uh, it was definitely a whirlwind of emotions, that's for sure. But it sounds like it's shifted your perspective on traveling in your own life. I mean, is there any other countries that you think about potentially going and and helping and make a difference there? going to Eastern Romania and I'm linking up with an organization called Rolda and they are a dog shelter, animal sanctuary that is taking all of the dogs that are left by people who are fleeing Ukraine because when they're fleeing at last minute's notice, they don't have the opportunity to always take their animals. So a lot of them are just becoming separated from their owners, maybe temporarily, hopefully temporary. And the shelter there is right on the border and they're, they're scooping up animals and they need assistance with just with funds, but also supplies. So this trip, I'll be linking up with them and seeing 
how I can help them. And their their, their website is rolda, R-O-L-D-A dot org. And has there been anyone that you've come across recently that has inspired you even more so to do this? Not more so, but it's, it's a continued evolution, that's for sure. And it's once you kind of put your toe in the water that you find more ways to, to, to help out. I think that's a big challenge for many when it comes to something like Ukraine is they don't know how how they can help out. Everybody wants to. Everybody wants to know. But there's often that, that, that separation between wanting and actually being able to do. And I know for, for not everyone has the ability to just jump up and go to Poland or wherever it may be. This leads me to my next question. What would you recommend for people who want to help out but they're unsure where to start? Well, I, I would first direct someone to WCK.org, which is World Central Kitchen's website. There's ways that you can either sign up to volunteer or you can also donate money there as well. And once you see the work that they're doing, it'll inspire you instantly. And mm. um, where can people find out more about you and your books and all of your podcast episodes? Well, I think everyone who's on right now, just the easiest, just give the follow on any given runway here on Instagram. From there, there's the interviews that we have, all the episodes. And then from there, there'll be links for the books and whatnot. I think that's the quickest, most efficient. We have the website, but I mean, I don't know how many websites I visit. Most of the time, if I want information, I go right to Instagram. So I'd say right here. Mm. Well, Randall, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Keep doing amazing things, not only creatively with outlets, but also helping people across the world. Um, and I hope we can have a catch up in another year and a half where I've actually got you know microphones and proper equipment. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and is, before before we go, is there any new of your goals? As there, do you have any on the horizon that you're aiming for as far as your bucket list goals that you have? Oh, my bucket list goals. Well, I drank tequila in Mexico in February, so that was good. And I'm currently doing my dream job, so that that's two. So um, yeah, I'll see. I'll see what happens next. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I've got yours pulled up right here. I always look at them for my for my own ideas as well. Oh, that's very sweet of you. Yeah, thank you. Oh, well, it's been a pleasure, Randall. Enjoy. Thanks so much for again. Cheers. Bye, cheers. Thank you for listening. Follow Vicky on Instagram, Vicky E. Carter, where you can stay up to date with regular episodes of Let's Go Kick Ass today. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Aviento. <laughs>